Welcome to Straight to the Point, completely off topic. We're here with villain arts, entrepreneur, and I don't know, mythical man behind the scenes, the, the, the brain of villain arts, the largest tattoo convention festival, the largest tattoo festival circuit, and also uh, the owner of Philadelphia Tattoo Festival, which is the largest tattoo festival in the world, correct? Correct. How are you yep. doing today? Good. Good. I'm I'm arguing with Candy whether or not you're in Puerto Rico or not. Puerto Rico. Yeah, you're doing your getting, your sentence. Getting my beach on. Yeah. Doing your 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 prison sentence in paradise. <laughs> Part of yep. Oh, it's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to coming out. Um, but I want to get into uh, if you don't mind. I'd like to start with singing a few of your praises because they are far reaching really in the fact that you are the owner of villain arts, which is the largest tattoo convention or tattoo festivals um, that go together. No one in the world, correct me when I'm wrong, please, but no one in the world puts on as many tattoo shows as you or villain arts does. Uh, yeah, um, I don't I, even in Europe, I don't think there's anyone that, you know, even does more than five of them. Um, you know, I think and how many does Villain Arts Europe do that 24 mm-hmm. this year on the on the schedule, <laughs> although we're we're looking at uh, I might add Portland, Maine to the schedule for later this year. I was looking oh, for something in Portland that doesn't have heroin needles all over the sidewalk. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking Maine had a place called Portland, but this is this is then in no Portland, Portland Maine, <laughs> which is in Oregon. Okay, right on. Yeah, as fun, opposed fun. to Portland, Oregon, which you've you've done Portland, Oregon though. It it I wasn't, did, the, but really that city was just a mess when we went there uh, in 2021, and uh, I just don't think that city's really ready to have visitors yet. <laughs> it was like. <laughs> Yeah. Like, give me a second to clean up. Is that, <laughs> yeah. You're yeah, just standing patiently by the front door. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm I like, really just wanted the, to show her my vacuum yeah. cleaner. You, you missed about 150 heroin needles on that sidewalk. You might want to might want to brush up on that part. Um, wow. But yeah, it's, you know, sad. COVID did a lot of damage to a lot of different places. And, uh, you know, some, some of the damages, uh, you know, states that had no restrictions some of the damage was states that had way too many restrictions some of the damage was just people that lost their goddamn mind um <laughs> you know and i think one way or both into that, <laughs> that that last category it's just uh not ready they, they not seem ready to, to have a to lot of people join the world yet on on both ends of the spectrum in my rudimentary, like, like they just seem, there's no one that seems to be in the middle of the teeter totter. It seems like yeah. wherever the teeter totter is about one thing or other, you're just far left or far right on it. In yeah. Portland. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm on the middle of that teeter totter. I, uh, man, COVID really, uh, really taught you that the far left is just as bad as the far right in just being irrationally crazy to me yeah. and watching, you know? Yeah, you were you know, uh, you, kind of identified one way, and uh, after COVID and seeing like people just like really, really whatever the 
<laughs> whatever the mile marker for what I, I, I considered sane was driven another hundred miles in either direction of that thing. For me. You saw so, then on a personal <laughs> level, though, too, not on a um, societal level so much. You mean when you're going to put on these events, you have to work pretty closely with the city or with officials to represent the city. And they started asking for crazy things to be done or expecting crazy things. You know, it, it was really it was really it's really interesting uh, traveling. You know, first of all, I I set this, uh, you know, I set this up and I started doing conventions because I just really love to travel and see, uh, you know, see the world, see the see the states, see the different cities, meet, uh, you know, meet different tattooers. And, you know, I, I just, you know, created this uh, this whole, you know, little environment that people were able to, you know, get together and uh, learn from each other. And, you know, I just I became mm -hmm. the, the, the pollen in, uh, in a big beer in a big bee nest of uh, tattooing. <laughs> and I love being the pollen. Um, yes. And in traveling, That's a good analogy. you know, like. <laughs> Through the COVID, it was, you know, and, and, you know, now that we're finally over COVID. <laughs> at least yeah, it, it feels um, like we are, right? <laughs> you know, I haven't I, looked at the got, news, though, I admittedly. I, I landed in Puerto Rico yesterday, and I was shocked I didn't have to fill out a travel safe uh, Sarah alert plan. I didn't have to show my VAX card okay. to, to get out of the baggage claim. Um, right. You know, so even even Puerto Rico, which was a heavily restricted and understandably so, like, you know, I'm not I'm not against restrictions per se. You know, if you have a if you right. live on an island that people are trapped and the hospital system is a little stressed pre-COVID, you know, right. maybe you want to you want to you want to protect people. You want to you want to be safe, you know, and I get that. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, but wearing masks outside, <laughs> you started getting crazy here. Um, but um, yeah, I think <laughs> you didn't have really to do it coming, coming back. Like it seems like it's gone. Then for, for, yeah, for well, most they deaths. almost they almost uh, they almost got rid of masks on planes. Uh, almost okay. this week, they're they're fighting that thing. Uh, a lot of people have a lot of things to say about that. Um, right. I don't know. Honestly, traveling I'm not may not be town, mandatory so. <laughs> to wear <laughs> a mask on a plane, but honestly, it's probably best. Like we used to get on planes and, and um, was it Larry Brogan taught me? He said, you, you turn the airstream and you point it directly in front of your nose, even though it's cold, it will keep the air moving there so that you don't catch whatever somebody has a flu and then not tattoo healthily that weekend. Yeah. Um, I actually, uh, uh, I got COVID recently and um, I, uh, I left and I kind of felt a little, a little sick coming, um, you know, traveling. And then I got, mm -hmm. you know, to my layover in Atlanta and I was like, yeah, I definitely feel sick. And then on that last leg of the plane, it like, I just started like hot flashing. I started like, I'm like, fucking I'm sick. I, like I got, right. you know, I definitely have COVID, you know? And, uh, yeah, I, <laughs> you know, what do you do? You're, you're stuck on a plane, you know, like, you know, it's a, it's a two leg flight from, um, you know, halfway across the country. Like, you know what? What do I well, just what like, do walk you do? out do of the Atlanta airport and, and yeah, right. get a hotel room for fourteen days? Like, you know, like do, a, yes, a I do. You, do. you know what I mean? Do they let you? Like, did they? Do they let you into your your uh, destination then? I mean, because a lot of times they, they, they check I mean, for they masks. They, they they let me into Puerto Rico because oddly I had a negative COVID test from the day before. <laughs> okay, so the day that's before, what I was, I was negative. Right on. Right um, on. Thank God. 
Yeah. Because um, what? Because legally, um, would they have but, had the right to send you back to another place like that? Then they put you on a plane. Though. I don't what? know because I have a I have a Puerto Rican driver's license now. I'd be like, I don't know, man. I live here. Like, uh, where 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 are yeah. you sending me? <laughs> like, yeah. What, what's going on here? You know. Um, but interesting. Did, precarious. Um, but. But because Puerto Rico was so strict with the uh, with the restrictions, and this was only a month and a half ago, like I got uh, COVID in January, um, and I'm vaccine boosted, so I, I was only sick for two days. It wasn't wasn't terrible, but um, they uh, the Puerto Rican um, the Puerto Rican uh, Sarah alert, um, they send you emails every day or text messages every day that you have to uh, fill out this like this I'm not sick report. So I just checked all the boxes and then emailed them and said, Hey, I tested positive for COVID. And they mm-hmm. called me, got my flight number and they contact traced uh, the six people sitting right. around me. Okay. Which I thought was pretty cool. You know, pretty, um, you know, unless you're worried about them you know, tracking you with, you know, with Bill Gates's vaccine uh, chip, then yeah. Cause that's an actual I mean, honestly, sign of them you tracking. A, if, if you have a cell phone, they, they have so much data on you. I mean, the, yeah. when you speak into a cell phone, they market you for, for digital ads off yes. keywords that you say, um, you know, there's the, whatever, whatever privacy acts are involved in having a cell phone are <laughs> negligible at that. It's uh, right. they don't really it need a fun. micro trip to track you. You carry a phone. You already did their, their job for you, you know? It's not a yes. conspiracy. It's not a, you know, I remember sitting uh, outside of my Florida house and I was like, you know, I want to get a sunshade over the pool. And then I said the word sunshade, like, I don't know, 12 fucking times with my, uh, with my brother-in-law, you know, deciding how big yeah. of a sunshade we're going to get. What do you like this yeah. color? Do you like this? And it comes you know, up in your feed right away. Then mm-hmm. we, we, we crack a beer. We check our Facebook, just goddamn sunshade ads. <laughs> as well. We, yep. Both of us. Because we're See, just I've been there both with our phones in our pockets, not not looking at sunshades, not anything. Just we said the word sunshade like 15 times. So now right. now when we get done with this, you're going to get ad served sunshades, player. You're going to have ads <laughs> for days. For sunshades. <laughs> you, you, now you just keep on. You're trying to make it worse. <laughs> I, I don't know. Sunshade, I've been sunshade. trying this purposefully. <laughs> I actually, this I use a, my old phone for this. So it might, it's not tuned in. So hopefully they're not tracking this one. I just got a new iPhone. That one definitely. But no, I, I've been practicing with my iPhone saying, uh, what was it? Rubber booties. Rubber booties. I'm just trying to see if, because I have no reason that I would ever need rubber booties. But so I've been saying it around it to, to kind of, you know, test that theory. And I'm hoping <laughs> to see what comes up next. But let yeah, me let's can I get into the makeup yeah. of Troy yeah, actually as we get far behind because my understanding of you and I'd like the world to know you as well because uh you are the behind the scenes, the maestro, if you will, the um who is that, the wizard? Wasn't the wizard, <laughs> who was the guy behind the curtain of sorts? But uh, the, you, behind behind the curtain of Oz? Yes, yes, Toto pulled back. So let me be yep, the Toto the to your curtain. <laughs> you you were born in Milwaukee. Am I wrong? Yep. Born in Milwaukee. Went to uh, art school in Milwaukee uh, while I served a tattoo apprenticeship for about a year and a half and then uh, moved to Philly and started just tattooing full time with uh, with Eddie. Um, you got brothers and Eddie. sisters? Uh, you got bro- yeah. Got a, 
got a sister in Orlando. She's uh, she's actually a famous uh, nutritionist and does keynote speaking all over the place uh, uh, as the diet diva. Um, oh, right yeah, on. My sister's Brad. That's her. Is that her Instagram, too? Probably. Shameless plug. Right on. I'm going to try. Uh, I'm trying to find potential sponsors. So I'm always looking. Carvana gets it <laughs> for my last episode with Jesse Smith. And, no. Um, but yeah, then and how does it how does it strike your parents? They put you to art school. Did they imagine or I'm guessing they put you through art school? And I'm, I'm, how did they feel uh, when well, you started taking a tattoo? Anyway. <laughs> Um, okay. I mean, they, they were, they were kind of apprehensive at first and then they, you know, they saw that there was money in it and they, you know, they're, I think they're just kind of like glad I, you know, I wasn't, uh, I don't know, selling drugs or fucking, <laughs> fucking up still. So, um, you know, like it gave me, it gave me, um, it gave me, uh, something to focus all of that, uh, energy on. So they're, they're kind of happy with, with that, but you know, it, that I had a direction, you know, that I was going, right. uh, that wasn't was drugs direction. or, or trouble. You know? Did you, were you, yes. you were selling drugs at some time in your life? Um, well, it was part of my apprenticeship. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, okay. Right on. It was having to pick no, up my first, for your mentor. My first apprenticeship was, was, was in a, was, was working for a, a super scumbag biker guy that was just like out of his fucking mind. And, uh, you know, I was happy to get out of that after about a year and a half, like, um, met Eddie, uh, Elvis bill actually, uh, met Eddie and got hired away and I was working. Yeah. Philadelphia Eddie at a trade show. And then, uh, when Eddie needed another artist, uh, bill got me, uh, out of the situation I was in and over to working for Eddie, which is, you know, which is just a, a dream job for, uh, for a 20 year old, you know? So this bill, uh, you kind of, you kind of gave your life that direction really, or he made the connections, right? Because without all that, yeah. where would you be now? Do you, th- do you ever, do you ever pause and think about that without Eddie, where would I be without bill in- introducing me to Eddie or without tattooing? I just, it, it, mm-hmm. it, you know, I might've taken a different direction, a different place, a different thing, but you know, I'm, at, at the time I was already plotting to, to go South somewhere you know like florida mm. new orleans somewhere like i just you know i wanted to get out of the out of the wisconsin snow for sure and uh yeah for some reason well, i thought philadelphia was it. warmer <laughs> ah! <laughs> and what'd you find out uh it wasn't as horrible as uh as uh the snow in milwaukee but uh right the snow is not as bad not, uh, it's the people that yeah. give you the real warmth in philadelphia the people, yeah, the community, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we just yeah, if you thing. haven't traveled, Philadelphia <laughs> is the city of brotherly love, and that's important to note. Uh, as you'll find, sometimes it seems as though it might be in the lack uh, or not heavy supply. Um, you you also went to jail at one point. Was this before or after your apprenticeship? No, uh, before. Um, I was like the high school acid dealer. And, uh, you know, so kind of got in trouble, kind of had to finish high school at a, at a different school after I got expelled, um, you know, did a little, did a little jail time, came out of it, uh, you know, with, uh, that wasn't for you to go to art school and, uh, and, uh, I really want to want a tattoo, you know, cause, uh, you know, like, and it wasn't even like, like the jail experience making me want a tattoo, like all of my, all of my punk rock friends and skateboard friends were all, 
like turning 18, getting tattooed. And I was like, man, this is sweet. I totally want to, you know, and I, I could always draw. I was always good at art. So it, you know, it just, it just clicked perfect for me. You know, you were a punk rock kid of sorts then skateboarder. Yeah. Skateboarder, punk rock kid, you know, Milwaukee, um, I imagine has a pretty hardcore scene or at least did when you were young. Well, we right? had a great music scene when we were kids, you know, like the East side, the, you know, a lot of, a lot of little shows. I got to see Gigi Allen show, uh, where he uh, got arrested. Um, <laughs> Oh, that one. Know, so there was, yeah the one where he <laughs> oh where before he yeah yeah and like, before, in like 88 or something you know it saved his life really because he was supposed to kill himself like the next month later as he promised yeah, he would yeah on halloween every year pretty on much halloween and didn't always quite, found didn't himself quite make halloween right which thank god <laughs> you know because then he had so many more years of being a prolific artist <laughs> uh tongue-in-cheek Let's talk about Philadelphia, Eddie, though, for people that don't know. Uh, I've talked about him before. Um, I don't know him. It, like He's a big remorse spot in my life, kind of, because anytime I would be at the Philadelphia show or have the opportunity there, I'm, I'm blown away at the opportunity to tattoo, you know. But if Philadelphia Eddie was there, I, would, I feel like now, in hindsight, I feel like I squandered all this time. You know, because I was worried about working. I was worried about doing tattoos and impressing people and uh, and not realizing that this this historical icon was around that could have enriched my life just with a few stories or what. You know, Eddie, However, Eddie was uh, mm -hmm. Eddie was beautiful. He was he was such a he was such a, a, a powerful character. He uh, you know, he was just so much fun. He would just light up a room. He'd just come in everybody would be smiling, you know, he just, mm -hmm. he, he could just turn the a room on like a switch, uh, you know, amazingly charismatic guy. And, uh, you know, had a ton of really, really good, crazy stories, you know, and he was, he was a crazy yes. guy. Um, and a voice you know, like Sinatra. Like seven volumes of books, you know, uh, he did like let's, seven let's biographies and they're really uh, because good. Because um, you can, they're on Amazon. you can buy you can get them, download okay. them. I sell them at the shows, but, uh, you know, or you can download them on Amazon. Uh, Eric, Eric, uh, his ghostwriter, uh, still runs the Amazon. So he's getting paid. It's not like somebody stole it, you know, okay, Eric, right. did all the work for putting it together. So, um, and they're awesome. So, I, I, I want to take a moment to say, like, they are awesome. If you are listening to this, you, you're not going to be mad to buy them. If podcasts are available, they had, because they were pretty much just made from his audio tape recordings, right? Are there podcasts yeah, of that I, same I audio? Started, I, I actually started that project with him. We used to um, we used to go visit him um, once a month on Thursdays, and we'd I'd bring different people up to his house, and we'd have drinks at his house, and uh, you know, and he'd just tell all these crazy stories. And I was like, "Hey, Eddie, mm -hmm. you should really make a book of these stories. Do you mind if I record them? I'll help you put it together." You know. So I recorded Genius. all these things and started writing it. And, uh, and then, um, you know, he got divorced and then he moved to Florida and then he, you know, and then he was like, yeah, I really want to start that project again now that I have time. And I'm like, cool. Um, you know, do you want all my tapes? And he's like, now I'm going to start over and try to do it, you know, like, like, a you know, more of a starting point and an ending point. And then, okay. um, 
And so there's two really values at all. They're just they're just completely random. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> he'll, start a, yeah, he'll start a story in Philadelphia and it'll end in Hawaii. You know, well, like that's, ten years later. You know, in reading story. it, there's <laughs> moments where he says, "Oh, I got to go back. I just realized I didn't tell you about." And then he'll have to tell a whole backstory for an artist of his and his rocky relationship with his girlfriend or something, and how that affected their travels. Yeah, yeah. I think in one of the audio tapes, he uh. He actually answers the UPS door and then starts telling a story about whoever just sent him like a painting or something, you know, um, <laughs> <laughs> like in the middle of the story, he's like the doorbell just rang, you know, but it's so, um, it's so nice because I honestly, and if, if anybody likes my podcast, there's a few people that do, I don't know why, but it's, most of them say it's, they like that it's raw kind of uncut, you know, and it doesn't have all the shine on it. And if, I mean, that is 100% what you get from the audio from, from his, his, uh, his books. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's raw. It's, um, it's you and him, uh, sitting on a bar stool, hearing a story from 1950 that blows your mind. Um, By one of the greatest storytellers. And you, you, you just have this experience. Uh, and it's, it's super cool. Um, moving to Philadelphia at the age of 20 was quite the experience for me. Um, you know, I, Eddie, Eddie took an instant shine to me, you know, I, I was just, cause I was, I was in that first generation of like art school kids that were tattooing. So I was like a, like a real artist and, uh, yeah. you know, like, a lot you, of it like, was, uh, you know, Sailor Jerry's Ed Hardy. Yeah. Sorry yeah, to make the of, reference, kind of. but there, there was yeah, a, a similar, hmm? but it was, it was right at that time in, um, in, you know, 92, 93, uh, where the you know, the tattoo magazines all of a sudden got popular. Like, like one of the, one of the motorcycle magazines started a, a, a tattoo version. And then there was, you know, quickly became like six or seven different rival yeah. tattoo magazines. And, uh, tattoo you review. know, and it, it just created, it, it created this whole visual tapestry that wasn't, uh, that people didn't know was going on. You know, they're like, Oh my God, I didn't know you could get photorealistic portraits like this, you know, right. that you could get, uh, you know, all of these, all these really, you know, high end tattoos, like which you know, when you it, met Eddie, it, that's it the stuff broke, that you were doing, right? You yeah, were doing, you, you know, I was a real artist. Realism. Like I knew how to, you know, I could, I could draw a portrait and it looked like, you know, whoever I was drawing, I could draw, yeah. you know, like whatever. So, you know, like being, uh, being in that first uh, kind of generation of art school kids turned tattooer, you know, it was, it was really fun. And I, I just started traveling at an early age with Eddie, you know, like, I guess, uh, I guess that German, uh, Wisconsin, um, you know, uh, background for me, uh, let me keep up with him drinking, um, which is great. <laughs> um, so, you know, it was, it was just a lot of fun. I got to meet a lot of, um, you know, the people that are, that were like in the magazines and that were the, you know, the big names and pushing the envelope, you know? And it was, uh, back then it was, you know, it was definitely pushing an envelope and a lot of that, you know, happened with the, uh, conventions, the, the, you know, these people would meet up at the conventions and they'd, they'd see the work that each other's doing and they'd say, wow, how did you get that texture? How did you, oh yeah, you just use a, you know, you just use a nine mag and you slow it down and you, you, you know, you, you back, uh, shade this, you, you know, you do this. Mm -hmm. I put a little bit of, I put a little bit of white in, uh, in this black and gray to separate a tone from the other. Like, you know, like I did this sleeve once and showed Paul Booth and I was like, yeah, I used a, I used a warm and a cold black and gray so that all the background stuff, uh, 
uh, drops away from the foreground stuff that I mixed uh, reddish brown in. And he was like, Oh okay. my God, that is like the coolest thing ever, you know? And then, and then Paul started doing that for a minute, you know, um, to get, you know, just subtle text differences, pushing the envelope, okay. but you know, pollinating, uh, pollinating the industry, you know, with, uh, <laughs> you know, with at first the magazines and the conventions and, you know, I mean, now the internet is, uh, is, you know, is all over the place, but you know, it's kind of doing internet, your job. The, of past it, it is and it's not because you'll you'll never replace human interaction no. um you know like like watching uh you know i was like what kind of jackass is going to pay 400 bucks to watch kiss on tv <laughs> Why? <laughs> you know like <laughs> well yeah i, I COVID, you know um, I see that problem with the WWE. Unfortunately, they've gone to an all uh, all TV screen audience, and it really takes a lot of the luster away. You know, there's there's something to be said about live entertainment. There's something to be said about uh, you know having real human interactions with other people, and and that's how you that's how you learn. You 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 learn because you learn, not because you're taught. Um, and uh, it's just you know, it's traveling, traveling with Eddie. It just set this love for me <clears throat> in doing it. And, uh, you know, I, uh, but I also was kind of ADD and did a lot of other little side projects beside tattooing. I started a little clothing label called uh tattooed Kingpin in, in 80, uh, or 97. Um, you know, I was making uh photo image body jewelry while I was tattooing, uh, you know, tattoo clothing, uh, all this different stuff. And then, uh, you know, when Eddie, things... Eddie started the Philly show in, um, in, in 98, um, you know, I'm still tattooing like, and I'm not just tattooing. I mean, I'm tattooing Philadelphia South street street shop, which was just a crazy zoo of, of, you know, just, it was just nuts. I mean, you know, riots on weekends, 30,000 people okay. on the streets, you know, it was just, right. it was just madness, madness, you know, bars, drunk people, just craziness. And, uh, has it changed? You know, I'm, I'm it... clocking in. I mean, it's gotten a little more calm. It's not as, uh, it's not as, uh, as crazy as it used to be. And it's still okay. a cool, cool place, you know, South street, uh, <laughs> you know, it's still, still cool. Not as crazy and whatever, but not, we get an you know, idea not, of what uh, you like. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we haven't had, yeah, the cops haven't ran into our shop to hide from uh, the mob because they were o underwhelmed for for a while. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know? wow. But that's yeah, happened. Not, like that crazy, you know, um, brotherly. Yeah, I mean, trash cans through windows and, you know, like real crazy. Well, but, if your um, football team would just win a bit more. No, no, that's even the, they, they destroy more things when they do win. <laughs> okay. Right on, right on. Yeah. When the, when they won the world series, they had to, they had to put up, they had to spray down the light poles with grease so that people didn't climb up them and fall into the crowd and hurt themselves. Yes. I, I know actually when they had the super bowl there a couple of years back too, we were coming into Philly because you had the convention right after that. Right. And we were coming into Philly figuring like 50, 50 on whether or not the town is, you know, whether it's destroyed and windows are broken or cars are still on fire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, luckily by the time of my show, they, you know, they put most of the, most of the cars that were burning out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was Philly still is... like super trashed, you know, like the city was just still like, I mean, beer cans everywhere, still like cleaning up, you know? So that um, energy, so though, that from that city has got to come into your 
tattooing style and attitude for sure. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's an aggressive city, but it's also a vibrant one. And it's a cool, it's a cool city. I love Philly. I'll always love Philly. Philly's, uh, you know, Philly's definitely not for everybody. And it's definitely, uh, you know, a, a really, um, um, vibrant melting pot of, uh, you know, of a lot. And it, you know, super cool. I, you know, got to see so much good music play through Philly. Um, you know, so many, so many good things. Uh, Can I talk about you know, how Philly is one of the more tattoo friendly places in the world? And one of the reasonings that we've talked about before is the large amount of advertising dollars that have been spent in Philadelphia for tattoos for the Philadelphia Tattoo Convention. You know, when I, when I took over, um, I helped Eddie, uh, you know, with the early Philly show, um, 98, 99. And then, uh, I took it over in 2003 and, uh, it was a mess when I took it over. Like I couldn't even, uh, like Eddie's like, yeah, good luck with that. I ripped the cops off for 12 grand. I told them to go fuck themselves. Uh, none of the hotels will rent to you, you know, like, I mean, he used to have like 1% bikers doing security and shooting off guns in the parking lot and fights and craziness uh somebody threw a, a soda machine over the balcony on the 12th floor and it exploded in the lobby you know like it it was oh uh, my god it was wild <laughs> it was uh you know coming back from that and trying to trying to do something you know like like that's art that's legitimate that's you know what i mean right and i moved it to center city and um and i just built it and every year i just built it and built it and uh you know, uh, I, I decided that I wanted to open it to the, to the public. And, uh, at that point, tattoo conventions, you know, in, in 98, 99, you know, till I came in at 2003, uh, to run, run, uh, you know, my first Philly show wasn't the first Philly show. It was like the fifth or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it was the fifth at that point, but mm-hmm. there were small, um, you know, 60, 60 booths. Uh, 70 booths uh, shows at airport hotels. You know, there's a little bit of advertising, but it was mostly, you know, like tattooers. Which would be a small show. Tattooers. Yeah, small. Yeah. Like, real small. Like Philadelphia I mean, now like, is like that whole, 800? Yeah, I mean, that, that entire show would fit in my food court <laughs> at the Philly show, okay. you know? Right. Um, so, you know, I just... I just started really trying to hit the general, you know, the, you know, hit the, uh, the general public with, uh, with it and, um, you know, spending all that advertising, you know, I grew tattooing, uh, especially in Philadelphia, you know, so much. I mean, there's the, the volume of advertising that I do, the impressions that are created, the, the social media that's shared, uh, just at the scale of what, what that thing is and for how long I've done it. You know, I would say, you know, before I started running that, um, you know, people were still a little bit more heavily tattooed than a lot of places. Like it was, you know, it was a blue collar, you know, upper middle class blue collar city. And, uh, you know, it's okay to have tattoos, but, you know, like you went to a fine dining restaurant, you know, that that waitress couldn't have a forearm tattoo. Now you go to any restaurant in Philadelphia and they have a forearm tattoo. And it's, uh, you know, I definitely played a a big part in, uh, in advertising and, uh, you know, people coming to my, you know, coming to the show, promoting what good tattooing was and having people see the difference between, uh, 
you know, a Bob Tyrell portrait and, um, and a Tasmanian devil for 140 bucks off uh, a wall when you're drunk on South street, you know, it's, yes. uh, you know, it, it, I really helped, uh, help grow tattooing in, in Philadelphia and make it more socially acceptable for, you know, for, for people to have visible tattoos. Um, do you feel that you know, happens? And you can, you can see that city like, you know, with that now. Um, yeah. You it's, see, it's just like you cool. say, I mean, when anywhere you go, uh, your, your help, your staff generally are tattooed. Um, yeah. You've kind of built a monster with Philly like that. And, and it, it helps the overall impression of tattoos. Do you feel that has to then invariably also happen? When you go, um, like we just got back from Chicago this weekend, and that was a monster show as well. Uh, you spend crazy amounts of money around there too for advertising. It's got to help tattoos in areas like that as well. Yeah, I mean, I literally have billboards from from the state of Indiana to the state of Wisconsin. <laughs> like, okay, like you, you know, like you can't, you pretty much can't drive into the state of Illinois against the lake and not see my billboards. So it um, kind of brings me to wonder how, I mean, if you're at, you said 20, 24 shows a year, 24 shows a year. And you just added, you're thinking about adding more, but you just added San Diego. Are you, are you planning on getting past uh, the Mississippi border? I mean, line more often. Well, I'm, gonna... I'm, I've been I've been past there. I mean, I my first one out there was Kansas City. I did Kansas City okay, right. yeah. eight or eight or nine years ago, but I was kind of on an island out there. I was just like, I don't even remember why. I, oh, it was that fucking miniature museum. I was like, I want to go to this miniature museum. I'm going to do a show in Kansas City so I can go visit this miniature museum. Right? Sounds okay. Dumb as fuck. Um, no, that's like, hey, that's I'm where these go. ideas come from. I was thinking that there was long deliberate processes of of thought but you pretty oh, much just is, say you could is, easily have is. a dartboard and a then, map yeah but then some but then sometimes troy's like hey why don't i do a show in memphis because i want to eat barbecue and it's my birthday so i'm gonna have the reverend horton he'd play for my birthday and maybe i'll right. just do one show ever in uh, memphis because i just want to go see uh graceland sun studios uh you know eat some dry okay. rib or dry rub ribs and uh Hey, why don't I hire Reverend Horton Heat to play my birthday? Great time. Makes perfect sense. Did that show once. Um, but how you know, and that that brings me back to the to the travel. You know, you you want to uh you want to enjoy life. You want to see uh see the world. And you know, I, I create an avenue for tattooers to uh to get out. You know, some of these guys they, they live their entire lives with looking at that Instagram on their phone, not really actually interacting right. uh, on a personal level with any of these people, you know, and they're just, you know, these big fish in small little uh, ponds. And uh, it's great that, you know, I have this thing that they can, uh, they can get out and learn and go to. So you must have um, an understanding of interconnections. Just like you said, you can't really replace human interconnection, uh, you know, connections for, and, and that is what your show is actually, isn't it? I mean, I don't know that I've seen yeah. it like that prior. Uh, and, and I think that's possibly what you must bring to it. Cause I've, I was talking with another artist earlier today and uh, we start talking about different things in the industry. I don't know that this show, it works the same without you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, maybe and not just that's, I imagine why other people aren't doing it overseas or it's not 
being replicated because I do know some people who've tried to replicate it and failed. It just that I don't think everything was right there. So my curiosity was making me wonder what it was that, uh, you know, might set you apart from others who have, I'm not going to mention names, I guess, but that have failed in the past to try and have large um, lifestyle tours. And um, um, people, it, it, people it must be your understanding. People aren't organized and nobody, nobody looked at it like I did as a business. Um, and, and okay. also, you know, there's, there's people that weren't, uh, that have tried to do it that weren't tattooers they didn't really understand how tattooers are or what tattooers need or what what what's going to work and it's a it's a very delicate balance you know i'm serving two masters i'm serving a public that wants to have an experience and i'm serving mm -hmm. um you know the the tattooers for a slightly different experience of uh of being able to get out there do tattoos that they want to do and um you know and also you know slowly training the public into uh what's uh what's a good tattoo and what's not you know like some of these cities i go into and i'm like you know like they're you know they don't have uh you know they have one or two really good tattooers that are booked up for like a year in advance and uh you know the rest of the environment isn't um you know isn't what Quality. showcased on my floor for sure do you know what i mean Right. Yeah. Um, so it gives the so, the the this, uh, public, uh, the client base, an education in what is available, so that they can really make a determination about what quality. I remember is. getting in an argument with uh, with a, a local tattooer, and I won't say his name <clears throat> or what, which city it was, but he was like, "Yeah, you know, you just you don't live here. You come into uh, our town, and uh, you know, like you're you're tattooing all the people." And I'm like, "Nope." I'm advertising. I'm bringing people. How many people have just gotten one tattoo from you in your entire life? And how many people right. uh, get a tattoo and, and um, in a 10 year span, they get, you know, they get another five more, six more, 10 right. more, you know, like, like I'm creating a clientele for you in your city. Like I'm creating right. a interest in, in tattooing as a medium. Whether you want to advertise um, you know, them to them or not is your own yeah, whether you foolish be, business mistake. You know, whether you want to be part of my thing, not part of my thing, um, you know, plenty of people are very happy to uh to do that. And uh, you know, I and I hope all the uh all the good tattooers from each of the cities that I do, you know, participate in my shows because I you know, I want them. I want them yeah. to be uh showcased. I want, you know, um you know one of the one of the things important to me is having uh the local uh environment behind me so that the public you know i'm drawing uh 10,000 people in and uh you know 6,000 of those people live within a driving distance of where your shop is right you know and many times i've seen people come there. to a show they they won't have an intention of getting tattooed but instead finding a local artist and having a better yeah. ability perhaps to judge people face to face their work right in front of them and then see if they have a connection with that person or not yeah. or if they don't and then they find a permanent artist yep and uh you know and, and people that have gotten uh you know one tattoo out of by a by a show and they've become a life a lifelong uh you know and then the next year i see uh 
you know, like they had a tattoo of the day and then the next year they're entering a sleeve in the category. And I, I judge right. every, uh, every, you know, every, every contest with your lovely wife. And, uh, I got to take a picture of the candy crush this weekend, which, uh, is always a good joke, but I've never posted. My wife, wife is part of the candy um, crush. The other part is Candace Reed. Yep. Um, so it's two candies judging with me. So I put, I put their faces next to my face and I always call it a candy crush. You know, because I got the candy yeah. on both sides of me, which is fun. Um, but you know, like watching um watching uh people over the years, uh, you know, cities, uh you know, their their clients, you know, seeing uh, you know, like the first time I went to Kansas City, like the small and medium categories were uh, you know, were were heavy with entries and the large and XL categories. I want to say the first two years of Kansas city, we went home with third place for extra large both years because right the on. people there didn't even have, didn't have like it. extra large tattoos to enter. Right and now it's, now it's, you know, eight years later and uh, you know, these shops are doing full back pieces or entering full sleeve. And you're seeing them. And, uh, Does that make and, you feel you know, like a parent in a, in a, of some sort, you know, like, you know, like, Oh, I, you're doing so good. This little city. I think, you uh, I think in a city in an environment like Kansas city, where you're, you have a real cool city, but you're kind of, uh, you have a real cool city in the middle of a goddamn cornfield somewhere, you know? <laughs> right, um, right. So there's not, they don't have the pollen <laughs> to, uh, you know, to, okay. you know, to, to cross pollinate the way that, uh, you know, Philly, Baltimore, New York, uh, Chicago, uh, Detroit, Milwaukee, Cleveland, uh, you know, has, uh, you know, has this, this travel and, you know, people can, people can, you know, like there's just goddamn nothing for like six hours in any direction of Oklahoma or of Kansas city. Do you know what I mean? When you decided um, to do Kansas city, then did you think it would be a one-time deal so you could see this miniature museum? Uh, you wanted to see fleas um, do a circus act or something and then know, you thought you might not you know, come back or. I just thought, you know, like I did, I did Louisville and then I'm like, right. I want to go a little further out. And, uh, at that point, you know, there weren't tattoo conventions and I'm like, you know, I'll do one show that would be kind of, kind of centralized for, you know, a six hour drive for people to go from multiple different areas. So I was mm -hmm. kind of purposely choosing, uh, some of these places to, okay. you know, that, that would be, you know, the one show in that, in that whole region, you know what I mean? Um, and the then six I, hour I ended drive, up filling yeah. in all the cities and now, now, uh, you know, now I, I run a show in, um, in Kansas city, Denver, Houston, Dallas, Oklahoma city, and new Orleans. And, uh, pretty much all of those cities, it's about a three hour clip from each of them to get to the next one. The and next, I get oh, artists gosh. that come and, uh, you know, like I, I built a, I built an audience, uh, tattooers come, uh, my wife actually tattooed, uh, the same girl who lived in Killeen, Texas, and she tattooed her in, um, Houston, then tattooed her in Dallas. And I think, uh, she said she's getting an appointment in Oklahoma city with, uh, the same girl because, uh, <laughs> you know, that girl's like, Hey, I love her watercolor tattoos. There's, you know what I mean? And, uh, right. So now my, my wife that... tattooed the same uh, the same client in uh, three different cities because uh, that client can drive uh, you know two three hours gets a hotel room enjoys a day trip to uh, you know a day I trip think that's or a night part of it, trip to it, another some city, of them enjoy you know? that 
some people like the <laughs> getting tattooed in that environment. Uh, some people might not, yeah. but some people yeah. that's really their thing. Yeah. Well, I sometimes same, have a hard time thing. understanding it. Well, same thing with like, uh, I mean, my wife tattoos a lot of uh, her Philly clientele in Baltimore. And then now uh, they come yeah. out like if they have kids, they come and get tattooed in Wildwood. Because if you're yeah. a parent and you live in Philly and you don't bring your kids to Wildwood, you're just you're just a neglectful drunk, you know. You to, <laughs> Is you that the determination? To, uh, yeah. If you, you don't to, go you to the shore, you have to bring your kids to Wildwood, or you're you just you just lost out as a parent. You're gonna pay for it yeah. in fucking therapy later, you know. Wait a second. Let me see if I understand this right. <laughs> it's summertime, and you're going nowhere, and you ain't going you to Wildwood. Go to the shore. You failed. Your daddy's a broke ass motherfucker. Mommy should go find something that better, you know? <laughs> right. um, Many marriages have <laughs> broke up on less. Right on. Yeah. So these things kind of, uh, myself too, I just uh, booked, we just did Chicago. I was booking for Milwaukee, you know, because you can't do everybody, um, you know, that comes through. And, and that's, or, I, I, or you can, um, or you can do a half sleeve and be like, hey, uh, you know, I'll do the other, um, I'll do the inside in Milwaukee. I'll do the, yeah. you know, we'll add this on and, uh, you know, or even Minneapolis. I mean, that's only like a five hour kick from, uh, Milwaukee, you know, maybe seven yeah. to six, seven to, you Not know, in Indiana though, Chicago. right? Chicago. Uh, <laughs> Indianapolis, uh, the health department won't, uh, license. Um, there is a, a small oh, really? Indianapolis show and uh, I actually uh, uh, hung out and hung out with the guy that runs it uh, this weekend. I, God, I forget his name. I'm terrible it's, with names. But uh, super. Was it the Sleepy super Hollow nice show? Guy. Um, no, uh, <laughs> he's doing one uh, called the Indie something. But anyway, it's in Indi- uh, Indianapolis, and I, I wanted to do a, sh- a show there, but you can't go into the city. And uh, there's a couple hotels that have like small, you know, ballrooms that you right. can do by the airport, but. For me, there it's too small of a show to be worth uh, the production that I that I have. Um, I actually bought a, a second semi truck today. Uh, it's a green today. one. Um, yeah, today, awesome. yeah. What color will actually, be tomorrow? <laughs> uh, okay. So now I have two. I mean, I have box trucks, but uh, now I have two full semi trucks with fifty three foot trailers. So that I'm, you know, that I'm handling production of of my shows. Like, you know, I got you know, real live truckers yeah. that are working the shows and following our circus, you know, it's, it's, and that's uh, where you've seen yeah, it like a business cool. then I'm guessing, because you, I, I've yeah. seen that you've grown, um, you bought your first semi, I think was it one or two years, two years ago. Is that right? And before <laughs> yeah, that you were getting two, by with box trucks. Yeah. I bought it right before COVID. <laughs> Perfect time. So they could sit in a, yeah. So it could sit in a, <laughs> in a field in uh, Louisville, Kentucky for a year. Talk um, more about that. How bad does that, because that is 100. So COVID hits, everybody starts freaking out. One side's going crazy this way. One side's going crazy that way. You, however, have money, like serious money on the line. You've got bills uh, that would, would start piling up without your ability to do shows. And you have obligations too, right? So you have um, deposits down on large venues. They have to be in the tens of thousands of dollars, if not more, right? And, and oh, yeah. do you, do you forego those? Is this all act of God? And so it gets written off. You get to write it off on business insurance. What were your protections uh, and, and no, how did you navigate no, through all that? No, no insurance bailed me out. 
um, the, um, they created this uh, program to help a uh, live entertainment industry called the SVOG grant. And okay. uh, I didn't get that either. They uh, okay. didn't want me. I think, uh, I think too many tattoos. You know, I, I, you know, I say because they just see that the word tattoo and they're like, Oh, well, he's not a Broadway theater person. He doesn't need our money. So right. um, I, uh, I refinanced uh, my house to pay my 2019 taxes. And uh, yeah, cause I was fucked. And uh, I mean, I, I went into it. The Chicago show got canceled 11 days before uh, the show go, you know, when, when COVID mm-hmm. lockdown hit. So, but you've already got all this advertising. Was yes. Just wasted. Yeah, it was all spent wasted, you know, for a show that didn't happen. Um, you know, so I, I just lost like, I mean, just a fucking crazy amount of money. And, uh, yeah. I had, a, I had a lot of like prepaid advertising move, you know, pushing forward. And, um, uh, you know, I just kept kicking the can down the lane, you know, like, Hey, maybe, uh, maybe June we can, uh, start traveling <laughs> again. Yeah. When, like, you mean this when you, next year, when but, you're uh, talking to your, your companies <laughs> that you, you've got these prepaid advertisements with, they want to run the ad despite, cause they still want to make money too, of course. But you, you're yeah, pushing and it. I mean, I canceled everything. I froze everything. And, uh, mm-hmm. but then it was, it was like, you know, like tattooers were like, Hey, uh, we're not going to be able to make this. It's COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had, uh, in July of, uh, 2020 by July, we had, uh, over half a million dollars worth of, uh, booth payments that people wanted refunded. And, uh, so I canceled, uh, all the advertising that I had pre, uh, pre-spent and refunded everyone that wanted to refund and refunded them. And, uh, it, I mean, it was, it was fucking a nightmare. So I'm, I'm paying staff to not do anything income producing, you know, they're fielding shitty emails from right. people like, like, give me my money back, give me my money back. And we're just right. like, uh, yeah, we, we don't have any money, but, uh, right. I'll figure right. it out. Well, well, wow. Um, I refinanced a bunch of my properties just to be able to pay my vendors back because, uh, you know, I'm not a scumbag and, uh, you know, you pay me money, I will refund you. And that's it. Cause I'm, you know, um, uh, you know, and a lot of these, <laughs> I'm I do know because one of the only actually, promoters that that did that either. Can I uh, can I sing your praises on something it. too? Just it makes me think of it now. I don't know if I've ever said thank you for taking care of Robbie like you did, but man, thank you for that. Uh, just listening to him on a podcast with Carlton yesterday, and it reminded me of how well you you did help him when uh, he fell, broke his leg at your show, and he didn't know how he was going to make it through the next couple of years, and. Uh, Yep. You're kind of, you know, that you're a stand up guy that that was really to me. Um, there's, you know, moments of tests. It's not necessarily what people say ever. It's what they do. And uh, that was certainly I've, one I've of always, those moments. I've always had a, a philosophy that uh, I eat last and everything I create, everyone wins. And if everyone can't win, um, I'm not in like I, I either I'll, I, I'll cancel cities. I'll, uh, you know, if, if there's mm-hmm. not longevity in it, um, I'm out because everyone has to win, you know, yeah. and that uh, philosophy keeps you successful. Then I'm, I'm seeing it does. It does. I mean, I could, I could make certainly make more money running, uh, things at at, uh, at tighter budgets. I could not spend all the advertising I do. I could not, uh, spend all of the money on, uh, entertainment. I do, I could, you know, 
um, not spend money uh, bringing, uh, you know, people all of the stuff and, you know, an artist area that prints their stencils and downloads their stuff and prints all the, all their stuff, you know, like right. all these things Keeps I do at my smooth. expense. And, uh, you know, I mean, all the way down to having a really well-trained office that chases people to make sure that they, they're licensed, that they aren't going to show up at a show and not have a license and can't tattoo or, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it's a, it's a yeah. lot of work. It's an immense amount of work that we do. And, uh, the work that we do separates us from, from anybody else. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, well, someone it's who a, travels, it's, we it's, see it's it. Good, yeah. And we I mean, see it. You, you see, see like, the way. It, not it, that it, I'm the only one that runs good shows. I mean, Derb runs a great mm-hmm. show in Hell City. Tramp's uh, Detroit show is on fire this year. Is great. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I also do uh, decorating for other people's shows, like my buddy Tommy from uh, Hartford, Tommy Supply, uh, Natan from Boston, um, John John from Asbury Park, and and you know, I, I do uh, you know, moonlight decorating where I do pipe and drape okay. for their shows to to you know, help them out. And, uh, moonlight decorating. Is that what that's called? Well, it's, it's it's a a very pretty name. Like who they pay to rent tables and chairs and pipe and drape. And, uh, since I own all that equipment, uh, I, I just moonlight as a decorator moonlight is, you know, it's not my real job, but I just do it as a side hustle to help them, you know? Right. Right. And, And to, uh, did, did, were you able to keep that going during COVID at all? I was one of the first people, every convention center I did in 2021, that was like the first public show for them. And they were just like, uh, well, we'll see how this goes. Um, <laughs> Cincinnati, like the union, the, the union got disbanded that does the labor work for setting up the pipe and drape and tables. So the, the union's like, Hey, uh, this guy owns a woodworking shop. He can, he, he, he can probably get you some labor. You know, like he hires us, uh, you know, for jobs. So I hire him. And in Cincinnati, he had his like three daughters, two cousins and two of their high school uh, friends. It, it seriously, right. I had like nine cheerleaders set up the tables and chairs. And they didn't <laughs> for the have pipe. to time any of, the other, <laughs> any oh, really? of the other labor I had all year. They killed it. <laughs> they were like, yeah, I was like, oh, my God. There's like, I was like, well, they're used Christ, to that one has to braces. Doing that. Is she like, is she over 12? Like. Jesus well, they're Christ, used to doing those floats and stuff, you know, right? They got, they got, uh, <laughs> uh, they're used to the staples with the plastic and stuff. They're making parades usually, <laughs> right? Or, or, or um, meetings and 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 spirit day. That's funny. That's funny. They but, got, but, but it's the thing where you know everyone tried to do their best in a in a really weird time, and you know, I mean, ten years from now, we're still going to be talking about like like what 2020 and 21 were and, you know, and how crazy uh, everything got. And, you know, it's, uh, I just tried to do my best. And I was like, all right, when, once we had vaccines, I was like, all right, here's my take on it. If you have the opportunity to get a vaccine, COVID in theory should be over for you. And uh, I, I don't feel bad about, you know, running events that, I'm putting people in, in harm's way. If people don't want to get a vaccine, that's fine too. I think they should. I mean, I was super happy. I got a vaccine and a booster shot because when I got COVID, I was only sick for two days and I watched plenty of friends of mine in hospitals. I mean, fuck James Wan almost died like twice. Um, right. Right. And, uh, 
you know, it, it was rough, but you know, we, we planned out in 2021 to just move forward, uh, you know, for, um, for June last year and said, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is, uh, it. And then we just smashed like um, an entire year worth of shows out in like six months, you know, just to make up time and, uh, and try to travel and get, you know, and it seems it that these, the cities are definitely, people are, are coming out and, and, in and, and I'm guessing the same numbers cause it usually feels the same. Have you noticed a big drop or any raise? Is it some places that they're actually no, more I mean, they're building, they're building. I mean, Chicago, we're, okay. we're, uh, I didn't, I didn't finish, a. Um, reconciling it all out because I've been doing the the uh, been doing the Cleveland booth uh, map all day, like okay. like where vendor assignment. But uh, yeah, um, but it looked like it looked like Chicago was almost the same as pre-COVID numbers. Philly was just slightly off of pre-COVID numbers, and I expected Philly yeah. to be a little bit off because they they dropped the vax carding only a couple days before our show. Right. So yep. people had already decided, uh, you know, in the vax carding thing. I mean, I got a vaccine. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I'm not uh, some kind of conspiracy nut or anything like that. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, people do do you. Do you know what I mean? I'm, right. I'm not your fucking mother. I'm not going to make you do whatever. It's uh, right. But doing the doing the vax carding definitely. If 30 percent of the population doesn't have a vax card, I just told 30 percent of the population not to come to my event. I run events for a living, so you know, I mean. You know right. me. I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm just sitting there hemorrhaging money until, uh, until I can run an event again. And that was mm-hmm. a shitty year and a half, you know. <laughs> Did it set you um, back? I know that you've got an end goal kind of eventually, where you, where you hope that you'll be able to retire because you're one of those guys that thinks pretty far ahead. I think. But did it set you back from from any of your goals like that? Um, probably, but. I've also been developing real estate for, uh, for 15, 20, almost 20 years now. Um, so it, you know, my end game, was always kind of rooted in the real estate end anyway, which I did get set back because I did have to refi a lot of my real estate to pay, uh, you know, my, my 2019 taxes because I, you know, I didn't, uh, you know, I, I didn't run the events in the time that I would have otherwise paid them. Right. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. I saved the money to pay the taxes. Like, you know, it's one of those things where like, Oh God, really? I owe that much. God damn it. You know, like, all right, all right, let me, uh, all right, let me send him. Uh, I'll send him this much. And then, uh, all right. Um, yeah. After the Chicago show, I'll send him another little chunk. I, I can send him, you know, like, and that's kind of the way I've done it all my life, but you know, like to, to get a, a my, the biggest tax bill I ever got in my life while all of my businesses are shut down was like brutal. And then, you know, like no real assistance on my end. I mean, I got PPP loans, I got, you know, whatever bullshit, but that didn't really, that didn't really cover the damage. You know what I mean? It didn't buy you uh, a um, Ferrari. Didn't buy me a Ferrari. Uh, so you already had the Porsche then before the PP loan too. Maybe we should point that out. No, I actually, I actually, uh, I actually uh, bought the, well, I mean, financed the Porsche, but uh, um, after uh, after I was like halfway through the year last year of uh, running shows again, and I, I could finally like breathe a little bit. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to buy myself the first nice thing I have for like two years. And uh, I'm curious because yeah, you uh, don't treat yourself very to, in my experience. Um, you do seem to make sure I've never thought about it in the philosophy that you said that you make sure you eat last. 
but uh, or yeah. that your philosophy is you should. But I see that now in, in several of your choices, except for, of course, in your hairstyle. You've kind of stamped <laughs> the alpha <laughs> mullet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's because I cut my own hair and I can't see the back of it to cut it. So it just keeps growing longer on the back. <laughs> okay. So that's the party in back <laughs> and the mullet in front right on. Yeah, that makes kind of more sense. Grown organically by cutting my own hair. <laughs> right on. I thought there was more intended purpose to it. Like I'm going to be fashion forward. It's going to be the hot. Actually, it is, is that is that ironic to you? Because we are watching no, the mullet. It is, it is, it is definitely a non-purpose uh, ironic mullet that I've been rocking for a while. And, uh, yeah, I've, I've definitely always had fun with that. And I've well, it's coming always, back, uh, bro. Are you the per- yeah. are you the person responsible? Well, Neil's Neil's out mulleting me now, so I don't even have the <laughs> sweetest mullet on the Villain Arts tour uh, staff now. Neil's uh, and he's got that creepy mustache, so definitely <laughs> like you know. I love you. Yeah, he and, beats uh, you there. I had to, certainly I, had to porn my, stash I, and... I mean, my beard was down to my belly button, uh, you know, when COVID hit. And then I, I couldn't get a mask over that thing. It was like like my mask was just pulling on my ears. It was like five inches off my face. I was like, fuck. So I had to shave the beard off for COVID, you know, because I couldn't couldn't fit that thing in the under right. a mask, you know. Hey, uh, the, uh, <laughs> tell, tell me on... Um, as far as it goes with alpha mullets and a hierarchy, is that an assigned thing like a group inside it? Does, does that make him your, the number one then like. <laughs> the alpha know, mullet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are there others in contention? And once someone starts growing out their mullet too far, they have to get in some kind of like scissor fight. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. We should definitely, we should definitely have a mullet gang on the, uh, on the tour. Um, villain arts where's where's villain arts come from the name um honestly it 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 came from i had a i had a clothing label in uh in 98 and uh it was called uh tattooed kingpin and i did uh Mm -hmm. bowling shirts and they were super sweet bowling shirts um at that point that swing uh swing dance music and rockabilly music got real popular for a minute and uh See, you like, are set you know, in styles dude you belong in setting, london setting that and and also i mean i always like i mean I, my suit game is on point you know like i like dressing <laughs> yes nice, i always have you know so i mean i'm selling these like fancy bowling <laughs> shirts that have tattoo prints on them you know mm-hmm. and uh and then uh that that whole thing kind of faded out and then i was like eh maybe i'll maybe i'll re uh redo it as a new clothing label with uh you know, mixing uh, different graffiti stuff. And then I'm like, how about villain? Villain is cool. Like villain, like, you know, like, like it, it kind of has like this Cobra. old school kind of word, but you're still like, you know, you're, you're, you're an exotic, uh, you know, uh, old fashioned criminal, you know? And, uh, yeah. And that just kind of clicked with me. And I was like, that's cool. You know, like, uh, and, uh, Superhero like nemesis. Villain, um, you know, like, uh, villain arts, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of, uh, you know, we're outsider artists, uh, being tattooers We're you know, tattooing will never be part of the mainstream, uh, art culture will always be, you know, classified as, uh, as outside outsider art, um, you know, uh, typically untrained. It's, you know, we're not, uh, we're not following the same, um, you know, uh, whatever, whatever the modern art world Guidelines. is now, you know, 
we're right, you know right. we're, we'll always be kind of outsiders and uh, setting our own course. You know, I just kind of wanted to label us as uh, as villains within that. You know that that I uh, you know I still kind of uh, pay a pay a little tongue in cheek homage to uh, you know our outside uh, you know, yes. roots. What what is does that cause friction at all? Um, booking gigs at all? You, you said there's some cities no, that are just no. like tattoo. Or, okay. And in Puerto Rico, they pronounce it villain. <laughs> just like they don't even <laughs> right know on. what the word villain is. Right um, on. What is what is Lex Luthor then? He's not a villain. <laughs> He's not a villain. So, it sounds um, like a whole other world, like a planet that Jesse but, Smith you know, would have really, in his NFT you know, universe. There's, there's that whole nod to there's a whole nod to comic books too, which were, you know, I was a, a big fan of comic book art, you know, I collected comics for years and years. Uh, I actually did a couple issues of a comic book, uh, back, uh, I should have oh, yeah? really do that project again. Um, yeah, they were, they're kind of like, kind of like fear and loathing in Las Vegas, uh, mm-hmm. illustrated comics of, uh, acid tripping stories from when I was a kid and just being, uh, I don't know. There's probably a reason why I got three <laughs> felonies by the time I was 18. <laughs> right. and, uh, yeah, there's a pretty good illustrated um, working on uh, thing, but I haven't worked on it for a minute. But, uh, you know, what's what's what influence does did LSD uh, psychedelics have on your art? For um, me, it, I don't know that it, it was did. really I don't know that it was really art. I think like being a 16 year old kid full of, uh, you know, full of punk rock anger. And you just wanted to like, you know, kind of find yourself and do, you know, like, I mean, I, I want to say I was like 16 years old and I went to see the dead in red rocks in, uh, Denver and, um, you know, drove home with a hundred sheets of acid from Denver just on like day five of eating fucking acid, you know? And, uh, right. you know, it's just, uh, cross state lines, uh, huh? <laughs> by the time I got back to Wisconsin, we were driving in the car that, uh, the car that I was driving, uh, uh, had a broken speedometer. So I'm like, okay, we're back in this town, you know, and we're, it was fine. Like when I'm following cars, cause like, you know, I'm going the same speed as them, you know, right. And given I have a hundred no of acid yet. on me. Right. So yes. we're, we're, I'm driving down the street and this old man on a bike passes me and flips me off and like <laughs> shaking his fist at me. And I was like, Oh, we should probably drive faster. <laughs> were you high or you you were you were wigging out or oh, yeah, not? i was like day five and fucking you know spun out on acid i was a bad oh kid. dude you're not supposed to go sign you you're not supposed to go <laughs> like one time right you one one trip a week at the most oh my god oh yeah we were just you know we were just crazy kids you know i guess like, you had a hundred of them huh <laughs> so why not <laughs> you get passed by a guy on a bike Hey, which yeah. actually brings me to a, a something. I was told that you were going to have a podcast yourself and considering doing stories of, of things just like this. Yeah. And I'm not sure like how I want to, how I want to do that or how I want to um, like what I want to do with my podcast. I think it would be fun to just tell like really crazy, uh, you know, crazy fun stories of like, you know, tattoo travel and uh, you know, going to different you know, different cities and different, uh, different life experiences. I think, I think I'm going to go that way with it. I don't know how hard I'll get with it. You know, like, uh, you, you got to tell like, the story is the truth though, right? You're, you're, yeah, you're not yeah, one to you know, obscure. 
Well, you yeah, could maybe do, I, do good. Do I, you know, you're going to need a pseudonym, you know, a whole different character. How, how, yeah. But I mean, how, how pissed is my wife going to be when I, you know, if I, if I tell a, a story of going to a massage parlor with Philadelphia Eddie in, in 1992, you know, like that's a great story. I don't know that I would right. really tell that one. Like, no, but your wife's really it. understanding. Um, I've met her. She's awesome. <laughs> no, I love her, but <laughs> you got you know, an easy like, time but, with but that also one. Also, like how um, you know, maybe not having your how, mom here. Uh, at, at what at one point of um, at what point in uh, in a world of cancel culture, is mm-hmm. it a, is it uh, bad for my brand to be too crazy? Do you know yes. what I mean? I hundred percent. Um, so it's happening this weekend, brother. I mean, I'll have to I, reel. I'll have to reel that in a little bit, you know. And not that I've, you know, not that I've ever done anything that I that you know I even really would consider that I'd be cancel cultured for. Um, but but there's the a different time, different uh, understanding nowadays, or a different different a picture. Um, it paints a picture of uh, you know. So I I think I would just want to keep it positive. I want to tell some crazy stories, but not, do you know what I mean? Kind of a little bit, a little bit less of an edge than I, than I could. Do you know what I mean? It's my but, favorite um, part of, of listening to the stories of the cogs of, uh, I call them, cogs. I shouldn't call people cogs, I guess, but the machinery that is villain arts, you know, the, the people that are, they have some crazy fucking times. Like the time we convinced those two lesbians that Frank owned a yacht. And he was about to get laid by one of them. <laughs> right. Yeah, and they bought him a they bought him a dessert. Uh, we still call Frank a Louisville ten for that. They bought him a, they bought him like a hundred dollar debate tower for our table. It was crazy. We were like, oh my god, Frank is a goddamn Louisville ten. Um, <laughs> How far a lie will get you? That is so awesome. And, and certainly, well, you if know, you're going to play it. Mm-hmm. But but actually, for real, Frank, uh, I mean, you know, Frank lived in San Francisco, he, you know, like a lot of, you know, he knew a lot of that, you know, that that late 70s new people, uh, you know, that were in the in the whole, you know, music business and things back then Okay. that, you know, having, um, you know, having uh, people in that that are in that same age group, uh, you know, hear some of those stories it makes him a makes him a really interesting guy. I like Frank. He does. Um, yes. You know, he's very. And, uh, Frank, educated uh, on history or I don't know if I'm snitching him for being older <laughs> than me, but, uh, um, but you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, I love the experiences that I had and I love that I lived, uh, I lived my life, you know? And if, if there's something that I can impress on people and one of really the, my entire life passion with creating, uh, you know, the, the tattoo convention, uh, tattoo festivals is traveling, thing this this whole this whole pollen among the bee community of of tattooing is live your life see the world travel you know i can't even imagine like living in the same um little town and not you know like i've i've like carpenters that that work for me for my real estate company and they've like never been to wildwood or that's the furthest they've been in their entire lives um i was was telling one of them that i was going to fly him to chicago to drive a truck back and he's like I've never been on a plane before. And I'm like, what? I'm like, <laughs> like, what? what do you mean you've never right. been on a plane before? Right. Um, that, but I, the I people, mean, I, I get some people do that. Know, I, get, I get that people, you know, that most, you know, um, like me and Aaron is used to joke that, uh, like we have more passport stamps than people have been to States that we know, you know? 
mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. like more, we've been to more countries than people have been to states. But uh, yeah, but you really, uh, you know, I created this environment. Come out, do some shows, do some tattoos, meet people. But well, certainly, but don't also, you think like, that tats- I really traveling's that oh, it's gone. kind of the it traveling is kind of the food for the artist, right? For your artistic yeah, I mean, soul, it really. Yeah, it really, it really charges your batteries. Like, you know, people go, um, you know, people, people come to the shows, they walk around, they see all these, you know, all these really cool tattoos. They see, you know, they get to meet, uh, you know, these, these artists that are doing, you know, this, this work that they see on Instagram that they see on, uh, you know, and they're like, wow, I really, you know, and they're like, oh, okay. He's using industry ink now. Maybe I'll check that thing out. Maybe I'll check out, uh, you know what I mean? Oh, he's using the, you know, he's using that new, uh, Cheyenne with the battery pack on top, you know, um, (laughs) maybe I'll check that thing out, you know, like, and it's, um, it, like I said, pollination. Um, but it's kind of what you can't even imagine like wasting your life and just not, uh, doing the same thing every day would just be, you know, and that's, yeah. that's kind of like when you when you said earlier, like like what's my end game? Um, I mean, I got money, but I like to travel. I like to see people. I like to, you know. Um, so your end game would still be traveling. Uh, awesome. You know, um, am I? You know, am I going to be you handle still, it? Uh, still standing outside of a frozen loading dock? You know, like yes, like because you put wood yourself back onto a truck. Nah, probably not. But, I've seen you, you know, push yourself through a weekend. Doing it. Hey, you it, helped me uh, fucking uh, hang up drape in Minneapolis when no none of my fucking um, labor yeah. staff showed up and we were stuck yeah. there till four in the morning. And uh, yeah, and these are the things that, with that, you know. But but you also like you manage stress. You you uh, open the show. You're the earliest one there generally that I know. Um, sometimes Carl will yep. beat you down. Um, but then no, you're I also the, one of the I latest the to leave. and I close it. Yeah. And then First you're at in, the party out. And, and, <laughs> and you do an after party so that you can be a part of that. That I, myself, I'm saying, sometimes I think about how I shouldn't bitch and it's the only thing that I'm good at. I'm complaining this week about my, how I'm, my body is feeling from doing two shows back to back. <laughs> and I have no room for complaint <laughs> when I think of what you put yourself through. Oh, dude, we did like eight of them back to back in, um, uh, from, uh, what was it? Uh, July to, um, to the end of, or till October. We did what like kind of July mentality pushes that? back to back. What's um, that? What's that well, drive? I mean, a there? lot of us were kind of like, you know what? We had a year and a half off. So let's, let's, okay. <laughs> let's, uh, Hit it let's hard. get to work, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and also like, I mean, I definitely had a lot of pent up, like, you know, like frustration of not, I mean, my wife loved it. She was like, you know, we we're cooking dinner for ourselves every night. We were like going to the beach every day, you know, right. Florida COVID was great. You know, um, <laughs> well, you guys didn't have COVID. No, it was like there for about six weeks, you know, and then now uh, they yeah. just released everything, you know, and it was cool. Um, but, um, you know, I was just really ready to, ready to travel, ready to see the world and ready to have new experiences again. You know, like I just need, uh, I don't know. I just can't keep, I can't do the same thing twice. It's, uh, you know, I'll, Despite, uh, I'll rarely watch the same movie twice unless it's like a decade later or something, you know? Right. Um, 
I just, uh, you know, and I, I love, uh, I love the travel. I love to, I love to take a day and, um, hit a museum, you know, and I mean, I can tell you what the best museums are. Uh, for a while we were watching, uh, Anthony Bourdain's, uh, um, show on, on whatever city we were doing to, to go get whatever, okay. uh, ridiculous food he, he got, you know, so we'd have, uh, you know, I, I picked that up off, uh, Chris Collins, uh, who used to work. Okay. For yeah. Um, yeah, that's a good idea. That was that was like his shtick. He was uh he was always like, oh yeah, here's the Anthony Bourdain list. You wanna you wanna come meet us for this this hot dog place? And I was like, yeah, I like hot dogs. Right, that sounds slick. cool. You know. Then we I get do. there and everyone's just screaming, and the whole thing is like like it's a hot dog place. It's like a Jerry Springer episode. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> oh really? Like, I don't like getting yelled at. <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with this place? But, <laughs> but it was an experience. And, Welcome you know, to like, anywhere. Like, what the fuck you want? Yeah, yeah. What the fuck you want on that? You know, and you're like, whoa, why are you yelling at me? Um, <laughs> Back to Baltimore. Well, you you're used to it. You're living in Philly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's the Philly hello. Philly. Now another thing that you've done throughout. Uh, well, obviously you're an artist, but you've created and you still create, despite your traveling schedule, your work schedule. You create art very often and sometimes on such large scale that the most average painting you were doing for a few years was 48 square feet each one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, four foot by eight foot. Yeah. Four foot, eight by eight foot panels. And, uh, and most of them were, were two to three panel paintings each, you know, that I'd paint live at the, at the shows. Where are those at now? In um, um, storage or a lot of them are in, yeah, a lot of them are in Philly. Uh, I'm opening a, an oddities bar, so a bunch of them are going to get installed into that into that bar. I'm opening yeah, an oddities yeah. bar in Philly. Um, really? Probably in about you, a year. Liquor license and all that? I bought a liquor license, so that's a fucking goddamn high-ticket item in I, Philadelphia. I, but, um, yeah, I would imagine. And, um, and then I imagine but, uh, uh, staffing might be a motherfucker, too. Just, just to, you know, well, well, just cause I'm probably, I watched too much Tafferty. I bought a, I bought a, a, I bought a parking lot to use for my building, but then they, they told me that they didn't want to use it for parking and that they wanted to develop it for retail. So then they wouldn't let me use it for parking, even though I had intended. So then I was like, okay, I'll just build a new wow. building here, a new construction building. And, um, and then, uh, I finally got it all together, got the building, uh, uh, building permits in everything ready to go and then COVID hit. So now, and then uh, all the prices were coming back because nobody wanted to work and building supplies right. doubled that I couldn't even build the building to turn a profit. Um, so now I finally in the last month got a, a contractor that's giving me uh cause it's, it's too big of a project for me to handle my own on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I have like a real estate crew or a team, but you know, it's, it's too big of a project for what I, the manpower I got. Um, so I'm starting that, uh, project and I'm, I'm going to, uh, open my own little bar in it, uh, which, um, I have like a pretty extensive oddities collection. I've seen uh, a few of them. I'm going to put in there with, uh, you know, with, with a lot of my paintings and two headed pigs, (laughs) uh, shrunken heads, all kinds of memorabilia from the past surgeries and stuff. Right. Yep. Tibetan skulls, uh, elongated skulls, you know, just a lot of, a lot of, um, um, medical anomaly taxidermy, two headed, uh, you know, two headed calves, two headed calf skeletons, 
Um, I even have a, yeah. a, a centaur. It's a, it's a zebra with a, with a human uh, torso attached to it, you know? Just a lot of weird stuff. So it's going to be a fun, uh, fun. How do you get like, like even that you need licenses and stuff just to travel with that kind of shit, right? Like that's a human torso. Nah, nah, nah. I got a, I got a centaur guy. A centaur guy. No, completely normal. Just to have a dude. Centaurs. (laughs) Right. They don't mind. They, They donated their body to art. Yeah. And ever thought about making any of those artwork thing uh, projects that you've had into NFTs? I was just talking with Jesse Smith. About you know, it. a million people have hit me up about that. And I, I think I'm going to get into that soon, but I don't know that, that whole, uh, I see that whole arena going. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't see it being, I mean, it's kind of a pyramid scheme, the whole NFT thing. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't see the longevity in it, but then again, I did miss kind of the boat on the crypto thing too, for that same reason where I was like, okay, you know, right. like there's a, there's a reason why the U S dollar has, uh, you know, roads and infrastructure that, that backs it. Um, right. there's nothing that backs uh, Bitcoin. It's just, a number anomaly and you're just going to put a value on it of uh whatever you say it is how is that right. money um it's funny you say um, i was just but, talking with jesse smith today about his <laughs> nfts and i eventually come to a point i'm like is it a pyramid scheme <laughs> which uh of I mean, course it basically it's is but of course it kind of is you know and i and i get it um you know and it, i mean it's not you know, it it does have like a, a tangible item attached to right. a blockchain. You know, so it's. I mean, it's not particularly different from crypto. Slightly better than but, than Bitcoin for that. I, it, I started also, to see the value as he as he described his world he's creating and everything. But it, you, but you it have also, such an extensive history. It seems like you're you turning yours into NFTs might be a almost a no brainer. Yeah, I mean, I. I mean, I've published 20 some books. I mean, I owned a publishing company at one point. I mean, I definitely have a lot of artwork. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I probably have like 50 gigs worth of, uh, worth of hand-drawn artwork that I've done over the, over the last 30 years of my career. I'm hitting 30 years in, um, in October, uh, 30 years. Oh, tattoo. Right. Uh, and I've, you know, I've always been a, very prolific painter and, and created uh additional artwork outside of just tattooing, you know, for um, so many years, you were so, always doing the t-shirts too. For weren't, weren't you generally doing the t-shirts for the villain? Arts I still too? do all the, all the t-shirts for villain arts. Every, okay. um, my wife did a couple of them, but for the most part, I've done almost, almost every design for, you know, mm-hmm. 20 years of, uh, every show, which is like 50, 50 shirts that I have to, you know, make digitally paint, um, vector and, uh, set up in print spreads to silkscreen print in-house. I, I still print all our own, um, show merch in-house. That's got, I mean, you kind of, if that's been some part of your whole direction with the sh- is, is, is I was taking on new parts. So like, right. Like pipe and drape, is something that you would have to have at every show. Well, eventually you buy your own pipe and drape. Now you, now you have yeah, yeah. to go I just bought it. 
you know, and the same with, with making, you, you want to have shirts for your event. Well, you might as well have a company that's making shirts. Yep. Same with, with books then. Yeah. And same obviously the, with houses, I guess. And this is a publishing thing, you know, when, when tattooers oh, for photo reference, but I mean, oh, now everything, yeah. you know, tattooers just, just use Google. So, you know, buying, selling books is like a thing of the past, but I, I still like books, you know, something you, you usually bring some out. How are the sales then? They're not that great for sales at the shows for books right now. Have they I, dramatically dropped? I still, um, I still sell books because I've always just liked books. Um, and even though I, I quit publishing books, you know, I mean, for a while I've probably published, you know, 75, 80, 80 different titles of, of, uh, collections of people's tattoo or, you know, like artwork over the years. Right. Um, you know, I mean, 20, some of my own artwork, you know, collections of different stuff. Uh, I remember seeing like this Pinterest thing and they're making fun of these star things and, you know, Pinterest. And I'm like, Oh my God, I totally, that's from my star book from like, <laughs> like in 2002. I drew that, you know, <laughs> you went viral um, years later. Yeah. Well, I mean, just, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, it's been lifted on Pinterest and sold, it? you know, whatever, well, that's what I'm saying, know? man. You're setting fashions every NFT, time you go. But the NFT thing is kind of, uh, kind of interesting in a way that you can create, uh, a, a, a copyright for your art in a way of, uh, mm -hmm. you know, maintaining, um, ownership of, uh, imagery. That so was I, one of know, the key I points do, they went over. I do, I do like that. And I do, uh, you know, I, I do, you know, but then again, um, nobody really, because the internet was always free, nobody really wants to pay for that. So then if you put an NFT on it, um, is that, you know, are you going to be able to post that? How, how, uh, you know, I mean, the, you know, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, they, you know, this thing called Shazam, anytime you use music, that's not, uh, your own, it's okay. shut down. Right. So will that, will that, will the NFT thing just kind of rule out visual art along with music as well from the internet into a way to, yeah. to monetize, uh, <coughs> artists. Somewhat it, he was saying it's somewhat because you, uh, no longer have to go through the library of Congress for the copyright. And it's also verified across several um, platforms now, including Twitter. So he's using it. Like if you bought one of his NFTs for one of his characters or, or one of his, uh, oh, what type of fish was it? Car Chaos is where it's from. But anyways, he's got a fish in there. And if you buy one of those, you get into his tattoo convention for free. And so I guess he's the people are able to, through Twitter, verify that they own that NFT. Yeah. And so, I was thinking about kind of doing um, like trying like a like a free NFT with every uh, every ticket sale as like a like a thing. And then right. it, you know, it, it, you know, it, it gets, uh, it gets spread or resold, uh, you know, faster, which, you know, in the, um, like, let's say, uh, let's say the, that Liberty Bell, uh, girl that I, that was the logo for the Philly show this year. It was, uh, it was a contortionist girl who's heavily tattooed, uh, kind of, uh, Dude, doing a, a striking pose, uh, in front of a Liberty Bell. 
Um, right. You know, if I'm in, in all of that artwork that I do for the T-shirts is already uh, it's already vectored in digital, so it's easy for me to to make NFTs of that. You know, like would I, you know, w- uh, including that into the uh, into the thing. You know, like I'm thinking about doing that with uh, an upcoming show and just including it as like a like a bonus, like right. you know, hey, you uh, like we have if these it, if it if it resells or if people resell the the uh, the thing, then on that pyramid scheme, I get ten percent off the off the bottom <laughs> of whatever that is. Like I'm curious to see uh, what what a real market of that is. Do you know what I mean? Right, and that would be one way to feel um, it out. Huh? But yeah, I, Jesse's uh, into getting know. people into it. So if you if you're curious, for sure, look him up. I, I just knew of yeah, all I your extensive work. So, um, and, and he talked highly of you. He thought it was pretty respectful the way things kind of went with you in, in a couple other tattoo conventions. And, and just cool. uh, I like him. So he thinks highly of you. Yeah, you good kid. All around. Uh, you know, I, I really appreciate you talking with me, brother. I feel like I may have stayed too long and said too much, or at least it's going right. to be my call sign. That's not the truth, but <laughs> I have to pee like a racehorse and I'm going to let you go. Um, do you have oh, wait, anything that we should pee while we were doing this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to be professional. You can do what you want. <laughs> the whole time. Right uh, right on. Yeah, no, Candy right. doesn't let me back in the living room. <laughs> it echoes or something. She's doing the recording. You know, I'm not good at many or much. Um, but thanks for talking with us. Uh, look forward Thank to you. seeing you again at the next show. And hopefully, maybe we'll have you on here when you're ready to drop your podcast. Uh, and I'll be able to help you promote it. Um, yeah, you know, I appreciate I, I, that. I'm, That'll be great. That'll be right fun. On. I think. Uh, I think it'll mm-hmm. be fun. I think it'll be a good project. And uh, I guess I'll see you on Thursday next week in uh, Cleveland. Yes. yes. <laughs> but upcoming All events right. will look at the Villain Arts webpage. Uh, follow us on there. What's your Instagram? Do you do you, uh, post? It's just much? my name, TR. Uh, well, I mean, Villain Arts. I, I post on my, uh, my personal Instagram, too. But mostly it's just pictures of me with other people or paintings that I've done. Um, right. But that's know, so interesting, that too. too. Yeah. Follow but, the uh, kid. Just, you know, it's Troy, like, T-R-O-Y, interesting. Temple T. Yeah. Temple T I M P E L. Right on. All right. Cool. Thank you, brother. We'll talk to you again Thank soon. You. No All problem. Right. All right. Later.